This is one advice that anybody who's listening to weather the storm for the upcoming economy. If you don't have cash flow and you only have one source of income, you're I'm sorry. If you're not preparing yourself now, you're going to be crying in a, in a corner. What would you say are the, the most sought after skill sets that people should be chasing specifically in Web3 and crypto? I think people aren't spending enough time uh, building rapport and connections. I talked to a lot of kids in this space and they're more about like hype and how great their shit is. But one thing that deters me from investing into their business is not hearing how you're going to build relationships with customers. And that's key. No, no, all right what is going on people we're back at it again another episode here we have a special guest gene i'll let him introduce himself but a lot to talk about this guy has done a lot in crypto has provided a lot for the web3 space as well and we have some exciting stuff to talk about it so uh let's dig in gene if you want to intro yourself real quick go ahead so uh i'm gene tam i've done e-commerce for a very long time started when i was 15 years old uh, I did eBay as my first business at 19. That's when I made my first million dollars in sales, not profit. Uh, and then I moved on to doing a lot of things like starting a lot of different brands. Tons of them flopped. I would say 90% of my shit failed. And then I moved on to start two companies that are very successful. One is a manufacturing business where we did production runs for Dallas Cowboys and lot of large names and then the other one i co-founded a brand called wholesome culture which obviously the the founder sold to another party but that taught me a lot of lessons in e-commerce and how to deal with customer service and how to um, capture traffic and convert them into repeat buyers then it helped me understood a lot about subscription-based businesses so I took that skills and we applied it to a multiple, multiple different businesses. One of them is called Viking Waffles, where we took it from a failing business into multiple millions of dollars in subscription. Then from there, um, at the end of 2020, my friend was like, hey, look at this Doge thing. E uh, you know, Elon Musk is tweeting about it. I was like, okay. Uh, where do you think it's headed? He was like, I think it's going to head to a couple of pennies. It was under a penny back then. So we were like, okay, let's put some money in and see what happens. He put uh, he put around like $10,000. I put $20,000 into Doge when it was a fraction of a penny. And then um, I actually forgot about it when it went up to a couple of pennies because I was doing something else. Then came April. April was when it blew up. What, it was like 74 cents at its peak. And I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, I wonder if I still have that doge. So I, I went back to the wallet and then um, it was still there. So I got greedy. I was like, you know what? This thing might go to a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, like what people say on the Internet. Let me see what happens. Wait it out. Um, it started going backwards and it started like dropping. And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of money here. I went from 20 grand to two million. Let me sell. So <laughs> I ended up hey. cashing out the doge. Um, then I switched off from doing e-commerce, which, you know, did pretty well. It's not it's not bad. I still have e-commerce stores, but it's not as good as crypto. So then I went full time yeah. into crypto and we did a bunch of other things, which we launched a token called Balls. Did quite well on that one. We launched um, uh, multiple NFT projects starting from June till now. Um, I would say a majority of them did sell out because of the hype uh that time there was a lot of people entering the space and it's the same thing that i realized back in 2015 to 2018 in e-commerce when lots of people were joining the space you could see like a perpetual movement going upwards lots of momentum that's the easiest time to cash in because of the the whole wave of um i would say traffic excitement yeah and yeah yeah, man. Like I just, I just timed everything perfectly, and I, I feel like I understood what customer relationships meant from the e-commerce days, and I applied that to NFTs, and we, we basically sold out a lot of projects. Samurai Saga is one of them. Obviously, we did on Mint. We did about three thousand ETH, and by that time, you know, back then ETH was close to four thousand dollars, so that was pretty good. Um, there was another 3,000, I think 2,800 in ETH in trading volume. 
And then we did other projects, which is pretty notable, like in the market, Big Three is one of them. Um, that project was was actually pretty funny because uh, before Big Three, I was helping Snoop Dogg uh, run this project called Rap Empire. Like he was trying to do his own uh, DAO that he was going to sell 40% of his game to the public. And we were um we were we were the back end technology for rap empire and it was it was interesting because um when we did the discord for rap empire nobody has seen a celebrity of that caliber put out a dao so <laughs> we ended up getting i i, I think we got 5000 on the whitelist within 2 hours and it was we you know we were projected to do like 42 million dollars in mint and then, uh, and then Sandbox called them and said, wait, you can't do this because we have a non-compete with some shit that he has signed with Sandbox. So he had to end up scrapping the project because he can't, he can't compete with Sandbox in the metaverse because technically running his own Rap Empire DAO is creating his own metaverse. So <laughs> we scrapped that project. And then the person that introduced me to Snoop um, was like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I think this is a great idea. Could we apply it to someone else? And initially, I didn't, I didn't realize that you can do this with someone else because Snoop is the biggest. Snoop and his son Medici is, you know, the kingpins of, of the crypto space. But then they were like, wait a minute. Would you like to try this with Ice Cube? And then we we went a little bit back and forth. We were like, we're not sure. Cube is not really a crypto guy. You know, he doesn't really pay attention much to social media either. He's not as active as, as Snoop. Um, it was crazy because my lawyer was the one that said, listen, I'll follow up with Cube and his lawyer and his partner slash lawyer, Jeff, and we'll see what happens. So a month out from that project, a month apart, uh, my, my lawyer came back and said, hey, listen, I think Jeff wants to do something in the crypto space. Would you guys, would you be interested in, in launching this with them? And they'll pretty much go out and try to pitch their entire network on the concept of co-ownership with big three. So, so it, it was, it was pretty much like fell on our laps by accident. Um, I think, you know, I think like when we started I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I, I thought like, Hey, we're going to hit up all the alpha groups. We're going to, we're going to basically run paid media. We're going to hit up our email list of lots of subscribers in the NFT space and then see what happens. But when we started, it was, it was quite interesting because they had all the connections to everybody on this planet. And they started calling Gary V. They called Bill Lee from Doge. They called Kevin Rose, Moonbirds. They called everybody. And surprisingly, everyone said, yes. There's not a single person that turned down Big Three or Ice Cube, and these people paid a lot of money up front too. They paid uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars up front to reserve their NFT spot. So we ended up selling the most expensive NFTs I think known to the market, which is twenty five thousand dollars an NFT, and we sold all the fire tiers. I believe to the estate, we sold all the fire tiers what we put out. <laughs> We didn't sell the gold tiers because people didn't understand the value of gold. And we were, uh, and I was explaining to Cube, and we were like the whole team was trying to get them to understand, to like explain what gold means to the consumer. And they couldn't figure that out. So I think they halfway gave up on it. But since the fire did so well, they were like, let's cap the gold and just keep the fire and then see what happens in the future. So I think they might open more fire tiers in the future as they expand the teams. Because they see that this one thing that people want works, um, so it's more like how do you how do you build NFTs that have value? So it leads back to Samurai Saga and on why I'm still, you know, so interested in, in in seeing this come to fruition and building this game is because I, I believe like we're moving into the space where people want co ownership and people want to be part of companies. But what I've also noticed that that was lacking in the e-commerce space and also lacking in other NFT projects was that they don't give uh, individuals that option to have co-ownership or participate or be involved. The only option you really have in most NFT projects is hold this NFT. Maybe you stake it. Okay. Maybe you wait for the floor price to go up. You share it. You love it. Um, but that's about it. You don't, you don't get, 
you don't get access or you don't get to be part of anything for so for Samurai Saga, I saw an opportunity to change that because, you know, number one, a lot of people play video games. Number two, um, when you own these characters, you're actually owning a character that has the option to own land in the game. So in the future of Samurai Saga, which not a lot of people know, but the holders do know, is you can have a variety of characters that you stitch together and you can own land and those land would be playable land in the actual game that you own. So when the, when the game launches, you can create the maps however you want. You can set up the characters and the monsters and the bosses however you want. And people have to fight through your land to win the prize. And we want to create um, a Royal Rumble style, like Fortnite, you know, Battle Royale. So we want to create that without guns, but you're going to have weapons like swords and you're going to have your fist and, you know, just raw abilities to, to try to, you know, win the, win the prizes. And the, the whole point is to win like in-game tokens, which is the, the Genki token. So that's the, that's the core of the game. And the Genki token has a lot of value. So we're, we're trying to create as much value as possible for, for the holders and the people that play the game through the tokens. Nice, nice. So I want to dive deeper into obviously Samurai Saga. I know Alex also read the whole white paper and he's like very fascinated with what's going on. But I want to take it one step backwards first, right? A few things. One is I've seen you call magic and be a part of magic and NFT worlds a few times. And I've seen you within that span, like when you're like, hey, I like this coin. I'm going to go in on magic. Literally like 100% gains right before it happens. And I've seen you do it time and time again. So I guess my question leads you to this, like, where do you get your source of information and, and what is kind of like the recipe been for you in terms of like finding the right information in the space and being able to take action? Like what's your mentality to one, find the information to take action on that? information? Well, you got you to look at like where, where people's attentions are accumulating. And that's where um, I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to because Magic at that time had a lot of hype. Gary V was talking about it. Uh, the coin, the coin itself or token was relatively low priced. Uh, the marketplace that they're building hasn't even fully completed yet. So I saw an opportunity to buy in early, just as in, you know, I invest in, in startup companies myself. And it's the same, it's the same mentality. I look at it like a startup business and I'm buying in early before they complete all these things and people people have access to start trading. And the thing about like any business that has a tremendous amount of traffic and trading volume, there's going to be profit. So the, you know, the, basically the whole platform is surrounded by trading volume, profit. They got the smoles, the small brains, you know, all those things were popping off left and right, but I didn't want to buy the NFTs. Why buy the NFTs when you buy the whole platform? So that's my mentality. And I was like, let me go hard and heavy. Let me put, I put, six hundred thousand dollars and i i did a i did a 6x on that and i've seen that happen in front of my eyes because i know you be put like you're very transparent with some of these investments that you do and i've seen it on instagram and i think you did it again like a month ago right like literally right before because we were set to talk about this pot or have this podcast done like a few <laughs> weeks ago and i think within one of those weeks earlier last month you're like yo i just went in on magic again and literally, I keep an eye on it. And within that week, it ripped 80%. I'm like, dude, how that? Yeah, I, got, I got it pretty cheap. I got it, I got it like 50, 51, and it went up to 90. And then I sold sold at the top. Yeah, again, it's the same thing. It's, wow, it's like a, a, lot of, a lot of demand, right? A lot of demand, a lot of uh, conversations. You got to dig deep and you just got to follow these projects. You got to look at like the community, what people are talking about. Because there's if, if, if a lot of people are talking about it and it hasn't ripped yet, and that's the perfect time to buy in. But then... Once it starts ripping, you know what's going to happen is you also got to time yourself with the market conditions. Like when we did Samurai Saga, obviously the market was ripe and it was it was actually a perfect timing to to be selling NFTs at that time. So if we if we were to do the initial drop for Samurai Saga now, yeah, it would probably do decent, but it wouldn't do the same amount of numbers because the the flow, the influx is not there. So the way the way I time my exit is um, the uncertainties in the market, and you look at the stock market, how people are exiting, and how people are you know surprisingly, despite like what everyone is saying about crypto being here, which is going to be here for a while, 
there the data doesn't lie and the data shows that a lot of a lot of guys are actually exiting crypto they're they're cashing out and they're going backwards so you look at trends like that and then you realize that okay it's not the same market conditions anymore as previously where you, you can hold for a month and two or two months and watch it blow up 6x i mean I'm, right now I'm, I'm pretty happy with a 2x because i see people selling off and if if i go from 50 51 cents to 91 cents I'm taking that profit and look, look where magic is now. Yeah. And right back down, right back down to where you bought it and probably lower. And then I also seen you do, which I'm, I'm a big believer on this as well. I think the next six months ahead of us are going to be a lot worse than the last six months that we just faced. I think a lot of people in the crypto space specifically don't want to believe it, but I seen you post today talking about, Hey, I think Bitcoin's going to what? 13 to 15,000. And you're like, Hey, I'm putting this out there and I'm pretty confident with that decision. So to anybody who's like very full with hopium, I guess, right? Or doesn't really see that being realistic, quote unquote, what kind of what's kind of the mentality for you in terms of like, hey, I see this happening and here's the reasons why and, and why I'm why am I pulling out? Like what can you tell the Maybe people? Maybe I'm watching? tired about that. Did I hear you say people for people full of opium or full of hope? Opium. Oh opium. shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, I am tired. <laughs> We're not that crazy here. <laughs> I could have oh, oh, comment to yeah. that. You know, a lot of guys are on drugs in this space. But yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> bro, I've, I've actually, you know where I learned that from? I learned that from Jeff, uh, uh, Big Three partner. You know, he he told me because we, we had a little delay in the Big Three launch. We would have done very well. We've actually done twice as much, probably $20, 30000000 million on a mint, you know, but we settled on close to 10. I, but I think like, he he said one thing that was interesting. He said, listen, I don't know anything about the crypto market. I don't know anything about the NFTs. I don't know how those those that space moves. But what I do know is the entire planet follows the S&P. So when you see the stocks crashing, everyone is pulling out. Doesn't matter what institution you're talking about. Doesn't matter if it's Michael Saylor's company. Everybody's believing in it. They're pulling out and they're pulling out from crypto, too. So, you know, I think like, I think we're in it for a serious time to come where people are defaulting on a lot of debt. And, you know, you can read the charts all day long, but the way I read it is I read people's emotions. When people are in over their heads, like with debt and credit card bills they need to clear, they're going to liquidate and they'll liquidate any asset that they have access to. I've seen guys, you know, I'm in I'm in real estate too, and I, I've seen guys in this industry selling their homes below market value because they they can't afford to keep up. You know, they're taking massive, massive mortgages and they're they're they they you know basically engulf themselves in this lifestyle where they have all these bills to pay. Now they're trying to cut back, and there's no other way to cut back because the people that you're getting the money from, which is the renters, whether you're doing Airbnbs or you're doing, uh, you know, long-term rentals, a lot of those guys aren't paying the same amount that that you would expect them to pay. Even though rent rising cost of rent is going up and and whatnot, but you have to realize that a lot of these guys are going to run out of cash. So it doesn't matter if you raise the rent. If your tenant don't have any more money to pay, you don't have any more money to spend. And that's that's the reality of the situation we're living in right now. People are over leveraged. They have a lot of debt. They have a lot of credit card debt. They have a lot of loans and they're beginning to default on that. When you go out, when you go out to clubs and some guy tells you, wait, look at this. I don't see any recession. You don't know what that guy is going through or you don't know what all these people are going through. You know, they could be spending 20 racks that night at a party, but, you know, they, they owe they owe credit card bills. That they need to pay the next month. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I share, you know, I'm very analytical in myself and I, I see all these defaults, you know, housing uh, defaults are increasing. Also car uh, payments are, uh, you know, their loans are defaulting as well. And that's progressively increasing the last six months. You're seeing a steady increase. And also, like you said, the SP 500 really is an indicator of how the crypto markets are going to play out. And I don't know if you uh, saw, but uh, a few weeks back, we posted a chart that had, uh, the a composite chart of the 1937, uh, 2000, 2008, and, two, and the current SP 500 chart. And you can look at the end of September, they all have a similar, you know, chart movement. And then the end of September is the big, the big crash, the big shit. 
So uh, if you look at that and, you know, just empirical evidence and data, it's just it's not looking good. You know, all the signs indicate that we're bound for a massive correction. Um, it's going to get ugly. Um, you said 13 to uh, 15,000 for Bitcoin. I personally see 10,000. That's kind of just my price point. Um, how, how did you come up with 13 to 15? I mean, I personally think I, I actually I didn't come up with that. That was that was someone else. And then he posted it that Bitcoin is going down. So I agreed with him. And I screenshotted his post and I posted it on my story because I actually agree that it's going backwards. You know, for everyone who thinks that we're going 100K this year, you know, good luck. And it, it, I bought Bitcoin at 2009. Um, I sold too early. I sold at six. I bought it at dirt cheap, but I sold it at 640, I think 640. And then I took that money and I bought my I bought a house back then. But I do not buy Bitcoin today because it's not for me. It's not a good investment, honestly, for, for people that it's a safe investment. You can buy Bitcoin, you can hold. It's going to go up. I, I get that stuff. But for me, it's it's not a good investment because if I buy, let's say if I buy one Bitcoin, right, and I hold for two years, I'm only doubling my money. I You could do that through multiple different means. And I, I think there's better, like better plays out there for, for people with lower amount of liquidity to to you get a 10x whether you're doubling doubling it eight times or you're doubling it five times it there's there's better plays out there than than just bitcoin so i'm i i'm a big believer that bitcoin is is the changer the change agent but i i, I don't think i don't think i'm the type of person to invest in bitcoin well bitcoin only has the value when people put money into it right the price only increases with how much people actually want to put in the liquidity um, it's a store of value. I get all that. But for me, like there's so many better coins out there and uh, technology like Ethereum where there's actually, you know, constant revenue. You can see where the smart contracts are, you know, earning yields and where people are making money. Bitcoin just has a simple store of value and it's only as the value is only as good as what people are putting into it. And uh, we can see that there is pretty stagnant in terms of uh, liquidity in the market. So like you said, there's so many better opportunities out there to possibly five, 10 X your money on these small coins that are constantly building in the market. You know, I, I want to bring up, you know, your, your token, Genki, your, you know, your game, which I was so blown away, man. I literally looked at your whole, uh, the whole white paper. I saw uh, the video of the guy playing uh, the demo game. I, he, he sounded Russian. I don't know if he was actually Russian, but he kind of has an accent. I thought it was Russian accent. So, but I thought it was so cool. The graphics were just really just incredible uh just the game design that kind of you know i'm not a big video game guy but i'm always the type of guy that would watch my buddies play video games in the corner and just watch them go at it kind of gives me you know a combination of like you know mortal Kombat vibes in terms of like kenshi with the sword and but it, it's really cool because there's a lot of graphics you got the blood and everything and but one thing that stood out was the, the japanese culture you right you have you know your female warriors you know have the three different nfts that are currently out um, one question I have is, is there a specific place in Japan that you got inspiration from, like where the game takes place, like a specific area? No, man. I, I, th I think this is, this is more of a question for the main artist that drew the art, Dino. Uh, he's probably the guy that you saw playing, uh, playing the demo. I think we have a couple of guys that played it. He, he's the one that wanted to do something that's very different in the market. And he wanted to do a NFT collection that's super detailed. It's unlike anything else out there. It's not a mine. It's not a Minecraft clone. It's not a. It's not a, another eight bit. You know, punks. It's not a, a deviation of board apes. He wants something that's totally unique, and you know, I re I respect him for it. I I actually came on this project uh, as the marketing arm to help help sell the project. I wasn't the one that um, created the project. He created this project after we sold out uh, a different NFT collection. And then that person reached out to Dino to create the artwork. And then after a while, that that per same person, his name is Tyke, realized that he wasn't into games and he didn't he didn't really he didn't really have the energy to deal with the Discord and the people and updating it. So, you know, him and I, we worked out an agreement and I, I ended up, you know, taking over the, the entire project. That's so cool because for me, you know, I always say, you know, crypto is the future, blockchain is the future, future but I, I really say crypto gaming is what's going to bring the masses to the space. Crypto gaming is what that where that, you know, application is going to really come because, you know, there's a huge market, as you know, for video games and people, you know, there's billion dollar industry, but the users never get any compensation for it and they literally drive the game. So now. It's, I always say the two main factors that will literally drive a game forward is one, people need to enjoy playing it. People need to be having fun. And second, if they're making money, it's a win-win. So they enjoy playing it. 
and they're also making money. And I could definitely see, you know, your game having those qualities. I mean, it looks so much fun. You know, I, I downloaded it, but my computer is so freaking slow, man. You know, so, uh, but I, I had a question in terms of the tokenomics. I know that when I read it, it said that, uh, you know, you guys are still trying to figure out how to distribute, you know, per kill. And, you know, if you die, I, does that subtract the Genki tokens? Have you guys have like a, an estimate or a, a date where you guys have that, like that tokenomics down for uh, just the reward for playing? Yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah, I, without revealing too much, we, we do have that. I think like we're gonna start re- we're gonna start putting that out by December or or January. Um, the because the the multiplayer game is ready at Q1 2023, and it's gonna be super sick. We've been working on the game for for over a year. Um, not over a year, but like eleven months, close to close to a year now. And by the time it launches, it'll be over a year. And the idea is to create a whole ecosystem within the game uh, where when you get killed, you lose Genki. When you win, you earn Genki. But at the same time, the Genki, we have an internal marketplace that's within the game that people could use to trade other NFTs that is within the ecosystem. If not, then the new players, because it is a free-to-play game. You don't need the NFTs to play, but the NFTs give you a massive advantage, which means you can stake, earn Genki. You can buy weapons. You can buy, you can, you can buy all kinds of stuff. In game, you could buy. Eventually, you could build temples. You can build, you know, modify your land. All that stuff requires Genki. There's going to be future drops inside the game itself that requires Genki. So, and then Genki is also tradable in the open market. We, we plan to put it on Uniswap and exchanges, um, also all over the place. The idea is to create a, a way like a business. When I look at NFT projects, any NFT projects that I'm part of it, I got, I think of it like a, a business. How do you create something that's self-liquidating where there's always transactional volume that happens and that transactional volume is going to power the game because it, you know, any, any NFT project could tell you they're staking and, and you can earn rewards. But then if you don't know where the liquidity is coming from and, and there's no way to cycle that liquidity around, then that project is pretty much dead in the water because it's a one-way street. Yeah, and and the way the way we want to do it is, that, you know, it's not just the in-game. The in-game is obviously the core, and we want lots of users playing it. Um, I've been talking to a lot of companies, not to name who they are. They 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 promise to partner with us and drive up the the player volume. So I think we're gonna hit a million users by next year, twenty twenty three. Just to, for the people on this podcast hearing it, you know, um, not to tell you to buy anything. I don't like to, you know, force myself. Oh, I'm, I'm to, buying, to man. Like, you, I, buy. I, I, you, you could buy, you could buy if you want, you know. It's, I, but with with lots of users, I don't have to explain where where the floor price is going, and it's it's only going to go one place, right? Uh, but the idea is to expand beyond the game itself, and how do we bring uh, how do we bring money? into this ecosystem so that's the goal besides people buying in as gamers which gamers spend a lot of money uh they spend a lot of money on skins in fortnite i used to play world of warcraft i i remember selling those characters on ebay for money i mean so if there's a way to bring lots of funds in here um then the the whole project would not fail and it'll, it'll continue to evolve and work and especially if you have the players having ownership of these characters ownership of these lands and and working alongside us with the game studios to to develop um, the entire project, the storylines, how to make things more fun and interesting. I, I think it's like it's something that just revolves around itself, where we can technically remove ourselves from leadership team and let the whole community run the run, run the project, and that's the idea. But at the same time, we're also working on other cool stuff like. There's there's a samurai saga. It's called Samurai Saga for a reason. It's saga. It's a series, and we we're gonna do. Um, we have these little clips, as you can see, some clips on the YouTube channel and on our website. We're we're working towards eventually getting into big box into movie distribution, which a lot of projects aren't even thinking about those steps. We're working with merch. You know, we're working with some pretty badass merch coming out next month. That's super exclusive working with a couple of companies that make like kicks sneakers that, that I think that's a big market. So anywhere we, where we can sell stuff to bring in more money into the project itself to boost the Genki in, in it overall, 
you know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Cause then you can't buy any of these like sneakers. You can't buy any of the merch. You can't buy, you can't buy nothing. You can't buy, um, access passes to, let's say the, the shows without Genki. So the idea is to create a whole ecosystem around Genki and the Genki is the, the core of the entire gaming process and in the entire NFT, uh, project in itself. Well, well, for starters, I love that. Today, I seen. Go for ahead, stars, I was going to say, like, you know, you don't need to buy. Like, oh, I'm buying, man. Like, I, I after looking at it, I'm like, I'm sold. This is this is this is badass. This stuff is cool. The art's awesome. The characters are awesome. You know, I, I was telling Mo earlier. It's like I feel like a lot of people's issue with a lot of projects is the tokenomics, right? You know, when they, you know, they almost promise too much up front, and they kind of just uh, disregard the fact how popular they are initially. So they kind of give up too much t- tokens which kind of back, uh, backfires in the long run and they they kind of go under. But from what you were saying, it, it certainly looks like you have a lot in store and utility for this token, which is good to see and is important to see because that that's, in my opinion, what's going to allow you guys to thrive for sure. And it's definitely uh, healthy. But I wanted to touch up on a point when you said you don't need to physically own an NFT to play the game. And that's a question I had because, you know, I know that there's a, a limited amount of NFTs or avatars or characters. I was going to say, what happens when the number of users and players exceeds the amount of actual physical NFTs. And how does that, how do like the actual people that don't have the NFTs get play in the game? So the NFTs in itself are part of like, they, they you know, we have a larger storyline, which we haven't posted to our discord yet. They're, they're part of like factions and the, there's traits in the NFTs that separate them in, in terms of the overall story that we're telling. Those characters are very unique. They have their own abilities that are not acquirable with the free users the free users would come in as a basic character, like a basic a kaiju or a, a basic samurai. They they cannot they cannot come in as the female. They can cannot come in as in the future where we we're breeding in the teen samurais. They can't come in on any of that stuff. But they they can you know fight and win and sort of eventually upgrade their armors and weapons. But it's not it's not going to be the same as the original NFTs. So the NFTs have that unique advantage plus you know those three characters can't stake and when they're winning or losing they're they're winning or losing the the amount of genki that they have in the game in itself and if they lose all of it they they're timed out and they have to wait and like if we if the game is super fun and we have a lot of big people playing which we will then those free users who want to try to buy back in because they're not going to want to wait a week or you know a couple of days before they can jump back into play so that's the idea. And then plus the fact that, you know, these players with the NFT, the early supporters of this project, they've they've given us a, a lot of funding to be able to 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 be able to power this whole project. I, you know, I think like it only makes sense to give them that advantage as well. Plus they're earning unlimited Genki, which means like if they want a free T-shirt every month, the NFTs give them that. And, and we're going to provide all that. Awesome. And I was going to say Talk about funding, right? So think of it this way. Like today, for example, and, and Jill, let me get your opinion on this. I think right before this podcast, I was reading Kevin Rose, the founder of Moonbirds, just raised $50 million, right, for Moonbirds. And my experience in VC and investing, obviously, usually the first round, something like this, they're probably giving up anywhere between 10 to 20%. Let's say 20% of their project. That's a quarter billion dollar valuation for an NFT company that has yet to prove anything besides... I guess, community, so on, so in a very established team, right? So when you see numbers like that coming into this space, what do you, like, for you as a project founder is like pretty much now, right? And what you guys are developing, like, how do you see that being your competition, whether it's direct or non-direct? And, and where do you see kind of like that moving forward in the space in terms of like, hey, if they're valued at this much, right? And they, they don't even have any type of, let's say, real product up front, what does that mean for us? Like, what what is the the future of what we can accomplish? I, th- I think that's you know that's their thing. I don't know what why they're raising all that money. Like, there's a lot of internal factors that we don't see. Like, we, when we just see Moonbirds as the project sitting sitting on Open Sea, and there's a certain floor price. That's all we know. But they they could have a big plan. Who knows? But for me, I don't look at I don't I think like people raising a lot of. For my personal opinion, I think people raising a lot of capital creates a bubble in the space and it's actually detrimental to to lots of project owners that want to do good but can't raise the money in the future because the investors are going to get burned there's only so many top tier investors to go around the way i look at it is 
I don't care about what other projects are doing. I care about what we're doing. I care about like the, the staying on course. And at the end of the day, we, we want to build a business. And I think we're going to get there where we can build this business and it's, it's going to be self-sufficient. It's going to be cycling where I don't want to like, or better, better put it in terms. I don't need to raise capital to fund this, fund this project. And that's the way every business should be the way I look at it. When we get to that point where we're raising capital and then it's got to be strategic capital and these people are coming in with, let's say, $5 million and can add half a million users to the platform, then that makes sense. But, you know, for me, it's it's all about it's all about building something that's sustainable. So I think like time will tell. And I I feel like it's a good thing that all these people are, are bursting out, raising raising money left and right because it'll eliminate a lot of uh, bad money flowing into this space. And then we'll come out of it in a stronger position. Remember like back in the days when they had penny stocks, everyone was scamming and, and people made a lot of money off of that. And then things happen and it settled out. And now it's, now it's more like you, you're looking at, when you're looking at companies to invest in, you're looking at more details than than ever. And that's the same thing that happened in the NFT space. I've noticed that people would buy anything under the sun and you could for anywhere from June to, to December of last year, you could sell anything. You can drop, you can make a drop and you could spam people on discord, uh, DM blast, Twitter, you know, any kind of spam method that you can use, you could sell out a collection, but now it's getting a lot harder and I like it. I like it that way. Yeah. So let me ask you another question here for the builders, right? So Again, everything you've learned, let's say over the last eight months building in the space, right? And getting to the point where now it's a bear market and obviously you're building for the next bull market. What would you say is like the three top things you would say to people who are looking to come into the space to build specifically, not as an investor? Well, number one, like what do you have that's different? You know, don't try to copy a project that's already existing because that's not going to work. And number two is like, what, what do you have to offer to people? Right. So there's got to be some type of value that's coming from you to the marketplace. And number three, it's, you got to have the patience. A lot of people want to do this drop in two weeks, make a lot of money and then, you know, go party and, you know, get their dicks wet. But I think like, stop thinking like that. I think, you know, have some patience and start building relationships with the folks that are supporting your project and coming into your project. Like I talk to the top tier samurai holders on a, almost on a daily basis. Like how often do you see NFT project owners call them or ask them how their day is going? Because those are those are the people that ultimately will carry on your project and understand enough about how, what your vision looks like to be able to support you. So I think the, like the, back to the Gary V model too. Gary Gary is pretty good at that. Like not people aren't spending enough time communicating with individuals because at the end of the at the other side of the screen, Mo and Alex. You guys are human beings as well. You know, you would you would feel good if someone called you once in a while and, and said some nice words. to I you. I think that's so important in this space where there's so many uh, founders that are not doxxed. You know, you don't know what they look like. They, they're totally anonymous. And then there's you who's just, you know, you have your face out there. You know, you're talking to us. So that you like you said, you talk to your your holders, the people that, you know, believe in the project. And I think that's so important that, that what this space lacks is that transparency and that, you know, humility towards, you know, your community, which. You know, I think that's what's going to drive, you know, that trust and that uh, loyalty, which obviously you're building and that's going to go a long way. And as you can see, I mean, regardless of market conditions, bear market, it's definitely going to pay off once the bull market comes and everyone's going to be FOMOing in. It's like, oh, shit, I should have gotten in sooner. I mean, this guy was really on it. He was, you know, just playing everything right. He was ethical. He was coming in, just being a good founder. And then, you know, they missed the boat there. So I think there's definitely a, a lack of that in the Web3 space currently. Yeah, exactly. I, and I think like, you know, I think bull market or bear market, I think people still spend money. It's just a, it's just a connection you have with the, the other end consumer. What kind of relationship do you have with them? If you have a strong relationship, doesn't matter if, if you're in a, uh, a bear market, they still buy it. Like we, we just minted out a collection. Um, was it two and a half weeks ago? We sold the entire thing and it was we only needed two weeks of promotion to sell the sell the entire collection. And then there was some secondary volume that came in. But at the same time, we received you know, thousands of, of folks that were messaging us and they're on the whitelist waiting to buy the next drop, which is the Kaiju drop. 
And that drop is a, is a 16,000 piece drop. And that's a good sign, you know, it, it being that we're in a beer market and people are still willing to spend money. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I don't think people are going to stop spending money, whether it's bear market or recession. I think they're just going to be more cautious with where they spend their money. Right. Or at least that's yeah. <laughs> that's what we hope for. Yeah, exactly. If, we're, if, if we were to all agree here that, like you said earlier, right, Bitcoin is not going to or is not the best place to invest your money. What are the other crypto companies that have the most potential going into the next bull market in your I eyes? I think you got to look at like new chains. I'm, I've been looking at a couple of new chains uh, that are popping up that people are building. I'm eyeballing it, not, not acting on it yet. You know, uh, those those have the most potential to, to 10 or 100x. Those are the ones that I'm looking at. You got to look at like also what people are building on those chains. I like AVAX because I think it's untapped and I, I feel like a lot of guys aren't using that network properly. But as as folks transition and try to build different projects in different spaces, I think like that that's gonna take off um, take off by the storm. I, I do see a lot of DAOs being built on AVAX in the, in the near future because it's set up their their the structure is this there for the DAOs. Um, I see Solana being really good because you see Magic Eden popping off. You see you know D Gods being at a five hundred E floor. You know, a lot of these things help and more and more projects are moving to, to Solana and Phantom Wallet's getting popular. When I when I started last year with a Solana project, they had no mobile minting, which was a pain in the ass. And that was the most difficult time. But since then, they've they've made major improvements. Their network is super fast. Um, Polygon has been picking up, you know, I think for games, especially blockchain based games, incredibly quick to load. Um, lots of investments going in, so I'm a little patient on that. So those are the those are the three that I'm really looking at heavily. Like I have hundreds of thousands of dollars in each. Um, at the same time, I'm also very stable, so I have USDC as a backup, just just in case Ethereum dips to three digits. Then you know I'll start buying up Ethereum and then waiting, because I think I think Ethereum still has the majority of the users. So anything that has mass user adoption, you know, it can't you can't really fail on that. Let's say I bought at nine hundred and it went back up to three thousand. I mean, that's that's a pretty good flip. And the thing about Ethereum is it fluctuates faster than Bitcoin. Like if you buy yeah. if you buy Bitcoin, if Bitcoin dips to thirteen thousand and you buy it and it, it goes to twenty six thousand, that's just a two X. It's not really that exciting. Sure. And I want to touch upon AVAX. I mean, I personally, you know, am a fan of their technology. They have like that three branch, you know, blockchain that's an increased efficiency, which is very fascinating. But they, they kind of have some uh, bad news coming out, which is unfortunate. And uh, I just want to know what your kind of thoughts are just going on in terms of uh, that kind of video of their lawyer that just kind of came out recently. I mean, there's bad news everywhere, right? I think there's bad, there's bad news in Ripple for the longest time. And then and then they managed to, to fend it off. I think it's not it's it's one of those things where it, it passes and then it's an opportunity when it passes. The bad news comes, everyone sells off, and that's when you go scoop up a bunch. And then it's yeah, I think it's back. easy to take things out of context, especially with video and media these days, right? Like who knows what the question or the clip or the twenty seconds before it was, or the twenty seconds after it. And then you know that video that was leaked, there was like a specific segment to make it seem like. Okay, this is the bad guy, and he's talking bad about. And that's why. Yeah, I mean, besides the media, right? You got to look at like the development community. If you if you go in and you look at the Reddit, or you look at the different forums, and you look at the discords of of what people are actually building, they're building some really cool shit, man. Like that's that's what's going to support the project. Like I I sometimes I buy into individual projects, but I don't really like doing that. I like to buy the business in itself, which is the business is Avax. So why not why not just buy the whole business? Like you could buy iPhones and you could flip them and you can make, you can make a bunch of money. Like you buy iPhones in America and flip them in China and make a bunch of money. But why, why do that when you just buy Apple stock? Yeah. Wait. Yep. Yep. 100%. Did you see the picture of uh, Vitalik? Yeah. <laughs> That's going viral. That's hilarious. And his bullishness. I think he has a owner. <laughs> I, I, see that. I saw something over there. <laughs> I, I can't tell. I can't tell if it's Photoshopped or not. I hope it is. <laughs> but, uh, what are your thoughts on the merge coming up? I I don't have an opinion on that. <laughs> are you guys selling it? Is that is that is that what you're doing? Well, for, for me, I'm just con I'm just my concern is just like, you know, it's a hefty task to transition. Their test nets have been positive and successful, but I'm just very intrigued to see 
you know, how it's just going to transition if there's not going to be any bugs and it's just going to be very smooth and, you know, just seamless. Um, what, what I noticed about tech is nothing is smooth. There's always going to be bugs. So I think, I think we're in it for a ride. I think when the merge comes out, people are going to, because they already said it, like they, they said it out loud. The merge is not going to reduce cash fees. Yeah. So what the fuck you're merging yeah. for? Like, like everyone's so yeah. hyped and you're buying into something that, that doesn't even make a difference. We're still on the same technology. We still have the same stuff on the, on the same chain. Like what? Tell me, like, can someone tell me what is different? I, I tree huggers are happy. The tree huggers are happy. Oh, it's energy efficient now. We don't have to worry about the miners killing the turtles. We're all saved, you know. And it's like hallelujah. But you know, people are like, oh shit, you know, gas fees are going to remain the same. It's still going to be congested. The speed's not going to get any better. But hey, layer twos are here. You know, Polygon, all the zk rollups. That's going to make the difference there. It's not going. <laughs> hey, at least the tr- at least the environmentalists are happy. At least they're not going to be shitting on crypto. That's like going to appease them a little bit, right? So, I think that's the positive. But in terms of the price action, it's all just you know, price pumping on the news. No fake. It's all it's all fake. I, I think you just the price action over. Yeah, I think, it's I, th- I think the market. Yeah, man. I think, I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna crash as soon as people realize nothing's changed. But I think the miners are going to have like a little fuck you moments, right? The miners are kind of getting kicked to the curb and they're kind of like, all right, we've been accumulating. Those are the people that, those are the people that would sell because they would be pissed yeah, off. Because they kind of got kicked to the curb. That's why it's going to crash. They're validating the network this whole time. And now they're just getting like, all right, they're like a ex-girlfriend that no one gives a shit about anymore. So, uh, I, I, yeah, the ex-girlfriend comes and pops your tires and that's it. It's over. <laughs> now you can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, man. Jim, we have a, it's an exciting space. We have a, exciting. We have our crypto version of uh, fuck, Mary kill. And uh, the way we go about it is three things, right? Which you kind of already kind of hinted at it, but let's just make it a soundbite for the hell of it, right? So what crypto, coin or NFT would you hodl? Would, like what thing would you buy and hold for a long time or maybe even forever? What do you see the most opportunity in to flip, right? And then what wouldn't you touch with a 10-foot pole or something that you bought and you're like, I'll never buy something like this again? Bro, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy <laughs> Cardano fucked me so bad. <laughs> I'm not buying Cardano. <laughs> Stay away from that shit. I put, I put, uh, I put over a million dollars in there. I don't, don't even ask what I got now. Um, <laughs> I believed in it because I believed in the technology and, it, you know, and the, the, the owner, the founder talks so good and it's, it's just, it's just you buy into shit like this. Um, I would flip. I used to flip Solana like crazy. I, I remember Solana had these swings where it's it went up to two two hundred three, then it dropped to like one twenty. I bought in and it went back up to one eighty, then it dropped to ninety, then it just like swung up and down. Solana has the craziest swings in this planet. It's like if you look at the charts, it's fucking nuts. And it's crazy because you see patterns in the charts that you could buy into. Don't quote me on this. Like if you lose money, it's your fault. But <laughs> but you see those charts. Like you put you put ten grand, you come out at eighteen, and then you 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 know you you sell, and then you wait for the next dip. So it has a lot of swings. It's crazy. It's the craziest thing that you 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 could see. And you know, I think that a lot of people don't realize the swings. I remember I was talking to um, at Wealth John from at Wealth. And we yep. were trading together, and he made a bunch of money on that too. And we were we were just swing trading Solana. Like as far as as far as like hodling, I don't know. It's really up to you what you believe. I'm a big uh, believer in Ethereum um, because of the share number of users. I think it's I do think it's going to go back to three digits. So I'm waiting. I have a lot of USDC, and and I'm just patiently waiting to to acquire more ETH. And continue to continue to build up until until I see the next chain come out where it's super cheap that I could you know throw like two hundred three hundred thousand in and then come out with like two three million from that and then keep flipping. It's funny you talk about uh, the founder of Cardano because you know I, I kind of I, I probably get a little backlash for saying this but I kind of look at him as like our generation Steve Jobs in the regard how he speaks right he's very just eloquent in the way he speaks he speaks in it he takes things that are complicated and simplifies it. He goes to speak in front of Congress. So he's really, you know, he does, in my opinion, a good job of like bringing attention and also just simplifying and dumbing it down for just all these people. So, you know, I definitely think he has a purpose. And also what, you know, I actually, Cardano is one of the first things I bought into because like I saw what they're building in Africa. So I guess you could say I was married to it at one point because I, I got it at like 60 cents and I wrote it to $3.
but I didn't sell because I'm, I was dumb then and I wish I did. And now, now I got stuck with the bag, but you know, live and learn. But uh, like you, I actually, uh, I'm a Solana fan. I got in Solana at $11 and I do notice the swings. I don't take as big of uh swings. I typically do a 10% increment, which I remember at Solana was going from like 155 to 170 a lot. And I just, you know, there was like a good month period that I was doing that. And I just kept, you know, selling at 168 and then buying back at 155 and waiting for it to ride back up. So that's, uh, you know, I'm like you on that regard. I, I would uh, flip Solana. I also have Solana NFTs. I like Solana. Yeah, Solana is great. I th- it's, a good, it's a good network. You know, between Solana and Ethereum, I think they're, they're going to be kingpins. And so we're going to, you know, when we do the Genki marketplace, it's probably going to be a fork of ETH. And and we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe in the future we'll build we'll build a, a own samurai chain, but maybe not. Uh, I mean, who knows, man? Like we're just we're just taking it one day at a time. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be some fucking guru expert. I'm just trying to build. I'm just trying to find every means possible to um, create a sustainable ecosystem for Samurai Saga. You know, any means that we can bring in revenue. Uh, whether it's so it's it's a combination of Web three. Web three, which is the games, um, and Web two, which is which is basically real life, and and then pumping all that that cash flow into into the business. So any business that I invest in, also like I invest in a lot of businesses, whether it's food businesses here, um, a couple of restaurants, laundromats, whatnot. You know, getting into a car wash soon, it's got to have cash flow because um, this is one advice that you know, anybody who's listening to weather the storm for for the you know upcoming economy. Um, if you don't have cash flow and you only have one source of income, you're fucked. I'm sorry, you're fucked. And you, you, you know, it's it's gonna you're being, you're gonna be if you're not preparing yourself now, you're gonna be crying in a, in a corner because that source of cash flow is gonna run dry. Your businesses businesses that are funding you, paying your salaries, they're gonna run run low on funds because they're gonna run out of customers, and you're gonna be you're gonna be cut. So you gotta find ways to get involved in more businesses, whether it's on the crypto space, not crypto space. Any business that is uh, beer market proof, you know, any food and beverage people like to eat and drink, they, they have to wash clothes. Nobody's going to be stinky. doesn't matter how the economy looks like. The cars always has to be clean. You know, anything where people are passionate, enthusiastic and, and, and buy as a necessity, those are the businesses that you should get into and just just build, like build cash flow. So every month you have something to rely on. Like, and if, if not, if you want to just be a degen, do a degen because you're a a 19 year old in your mom's basement then you know swing trade do something you know what would you say are the the most like sought after or skill sets that people should be chasing specifically in web3 and crypto like what are some skill uh, sets that you would recommend relationships i think i think people aren't spending enough time uh building rapport and connections um a lot of these kids were, were i talked to a lot of kids in this space and they're more about like hype and how great their shit is but what I, you know, one thing that deters me from investing into the business is not hearing how you're going to build relationships with customers. And that's key because it doesn't matter what you're selling in life. You're selling NFTs, you're selling cookies, you're selling, you know, you're selling sex toys. doesn't matter what the hell you're selling. You have to understand the consumer and you have to build that relationship because if you don't understand the consumer, you're not talking to them properly and they're not giving you the money. So, and if they're not giving you the money, I'm not giving you the money either. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. I actually do, you know, because I'm nerding about your game, man. I'm like, I literally, I was like, I spent like four hours last night just looking at your stuff. And I just like went down the rabbit hole. I just couldn't get enough. Like I, I saw the first, I saw the art. I'm like, okay, it gives me like, you know, samurai robotic ghost vibes. That was me personally. And then I look up, it's like the art was going for, you know, a robot samurai. I'm like, oh, perfect. So what they were going for was perceived by me. But my question is, uh, you know, there's as more crypto games are built on the same chain, uh, will the, your game ever be compatible with other games or will it be just exclusively for, you know, the game that you're building? Will you be able to like have characters from other ecosystems come in and vice versa? I mean, that that would be ideal. I saw other side do something like that where they embedded other characters into their you know realm. But I don't know how that's going to work, honestly. It really depends on where the technology leads. Like right now, um I'm not a guru of where the, the, the Oculus is going or where the PlayStation's ecosystem is going. We do want to push to console, like the game studio that we have uh, working on Samurai Saga. They have massive experience pushing the console and PC. Uh, so we do want to like be able to cross paths and be everywhere. But hopefully like other characters can appear in our game. But I don't really know how that works because if some characters are pixelated, other characters are not, you know, because the characters that we're developing right now, they're... 
they're carefully created, you know, they cost us about five grand a character and we need, you know, yeah. So you can tell it's fucking expensive. Um, you know, and I don't know like how that even reacts, like how their characters even can come into, to our space, maybe in a future where it, it doesn't even matter. And, and the technology is there to support it right now. The technology doesn't, doesn't exist to properly support this type of integration. Interesting. And, uh, I saw that, you know, the the guy what remind me his name the guy that was playing the game what was uh he was saying yeah he was saying that you know maybe through a smart contract that you know people would be able to rent out their avatar for specific times yeah, that that's going to be available that's that's already being uh, worked on so each each samurai you can rent it out um for people that don't have the the set the original characters to play they can borrow your characters and then as they as they fight battles and accumulate genki you know, there's also a shortcut for the for the new players too. They can, they can rent other characters and play as as those characters, and then they they can accumulate you know points and bonuses in Genki. So the the owner of that original NFT would earn fifty percent automatically of everything this person is is accumulating. But at the same time, this person would want to play as that character because that character is much more powerful, has different abilities. It can unlock different stages, and it can get into certain arenas that that their base character cannot get into. So, and then they could earn a lot more in a, in a quicker pace too, and they would transfer those tokens to their other accounts. Um, so that's the whole idea is to create, create that kind of vibe where, you know, all the, all the original holders have that, that kind of value. I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, three years from now, like how many NFT games there will be and how many people are actually going to play it. Right. Cause the, I feel like now it's like the race is all, Who's going to build the funnest game or who's going to build the biggest game in the NFT space? But even in the whole crypto space as a whole, like there's not even enough gamers, right? And everybody's trying to cater to those people. It's like, who's going to play? So there, there's, not enough, there's not enough crypto gamers. You're right about that. That's why we're taking a Web2 approach too. There's there's enough gamers in general if we push to consoles and, and other platforms. The blockchain is just like the cherry on the top, but the blockchain doesn't define the gameplay itself. You know, we, we have... We have a lot of experts that are consulting us constantly on the game. I'm not a game developer myself. I, I don't know. I don't know top to bottom. I know enough, but we have consultants working with us on the game loop and how to make things fun and how, how, to, how to create things that rivals other games like Fortnite. And I believe uh, Fortnite just launched um, this this Rumble game. It looks pretty dope. It's like a, it's like a wrestling game that they launched. And I, yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah, like a new mode. Yeah, so... So we look at games like that. We look at we look at like what we could do with Samurai, how we could rival that, and that's that's where we're trying to get to. And and you know, I think Q1 of 2023, when the first multiplayer version comes out, it is going to be um, it's going to be interesting, and it will evolve from there, and we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Alex will have his summarized by then. We'll maybe even do another podcast, and we'll talk about the launch, and we'll see if we can even play it live. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, by then it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting. I think like we'll we'll have so many more partnerships to talk about during that during that launch, and then the game stories coming out. We do we do have you know we're talking to the heads of Disney to to talk about like 2024 and and what we could do with the the old Samurai Saga movie too. Oh wow. yeah, that's awesome. Alpha alert! Alpha alert! For those of you stayed all the way to the end. Not not to tell people like you should buy. Like I don't I don't ever tell people that. You could buy if you want, you could not buy if you don't want. Like I think like we're at this point where we don't need to sell any more NFTs to raise capital. I think I think we, we have enough to create something wild where you know the whole team would be self sufficient and we're we're fully we're fully like locked and loaded to tackle the next couple of years. I love that. I've never heard anybody say that, honestly, that the idea that like, hey, we don't need to sell any more NFTs, so you don't have to come back and buy. Like, this, that's good. That's good, Gian. <laughs> I like that. As, as an investor, I mean, that's like, that's like convincing. It's like, oh, wow, like I, they don't need me to like succeed. You know, I'm just like the cherry on top. So, I mean, that's just uh, definitely even more appealing. I was so, I, I was sold even before this podcast, but you just keep talking, man. And I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, I have a list of all these NFTs I want to buy. I'm waiting for the bear market price to go down, but I'm like, every time you talk, yeah, I'm just, just because I'm just talking. going up on the list. Because <laughs> I'm just talking from from like what's what's really happening. You know, I'm just like I told Mo, like I, did, I don't I don't pre-write my my responses, and I just wanted to know like some of the questions beforehand because there's some stuff I can't say legally. Because, 
you're gonna have contracts between between different sources and parties but that's the that's what's really happening man that's 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 exactly what's happening and we don't we don't we love to sell nfts because it's it's fun it's sort of a challenge to to see what we can get out there but at the same time we don't want to screw anybody we want to make sure that the the holders that are invested because you you know people are putting real money and if you're putting real money, I don't, I won't, I don't want to let people down. I want to make sure that when you're, when you're buying into this, you, you're going to make, you're going to not saying you, I can't legally say you can make a return, but you're going to make use of the NFTs and you know, find, find value from it in a, in a future where, you know, we have a million players and there's only 50,000 NFTs. So they're going to try to make an offer to buy one of yours. Kind of like back in the days when you're playing Warcraft, that's where I got that idea. You know, people are people are paying eighty five hundred dollars for for a character that's level sixty five. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Good, Jin. Thank you so much for having us. I know it's getting late over there and uh, on the East Coast. I'm I'm uh, over here in Hawaii, so I want to go ahead and enjoy the beach for a little bit. So this was great having you, bro. Appreciate yeah, you hopping yeah. on here and giving us uh, a bunch of value. I think this was great, and I'm looking forward to having this uh, happen one more time. We have a uh, we have a thing here. We have everybody who hops on a guest do the outro. So, so you're going to go ahead and just do the outro. Hey, this is Seed Phrase Daily. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, I mean, so um, so just, you know, like like this podcast, subscribe to it. You know, Mo's a great guy. We'll see you on the next episode. We'll have something great for you the next time we, we come on.